power for service. Say power, power. For, service. for service. Like I said, we went and saw Rodney Howard Brown, who was at Victory Assembly, I mean, not Victory Fellowship on Airline. It's been a number of years since he's been here. And if you know anything about Rodney Howard Brown, he has, he's just been used to ignite ignite ministries all over the world, really. And he said he just doesn't go anywhere anymore. He used to go to all his invitations, you know, but now that he's gotten so much momentum, he said he's very selective about where he goes. And he was on assignment to come here to New Orleans because he felt like he needed to release something here because of what God wants to do here. And so he was here Thursday night. I went and saw him Thursday night. He was here Friday morning, Friday night, and Saturday morning. I got to see him Thursday, both sessions Friday, and then I got to see my son play baseball on Saturday morning. <laughs> so, so I didn't, didn't make that one, but I got plenty enough in those, those three and got to sit with George, and uh, we, we just had a wonderful time. And I'm, I'm always, I've always been very hungry for more of the Lord, and and it, no matter what I have, it's always like, I know there's more, Lord. I know there's more. I know there's more. And I just have a real hunger for him. And so, you know, if somebody comes in town, even if I don't agree 100% of everything that they teach or who they are, what they're doing, if they're carrying the anointing of the Lord, I will go and sit under and receive and just honor honor the things that I agree with and, and honor the things I disagree with and I just don't take it in kind of thing, you know. So, but th there's gifts in the body of Christ that, that actually will release things to us. And he's, he's one that will release, has, has released so much. So, Thursday evening, I, uh, I was there ready to receive. And it was a certain point where he laid hands. And we'll talk about the transfer of the anointing. He laid hands on me. And I had an interesting experience. When he laid hands on me the first time, I just uh, experienced a lot of joy. Like, I just started laughing. Like, laughing where I couldn't stop laughing. Everything was funny. And my stomach was just hurting. My stomach muscles were hurting afterwards because I was laughing, and I would still laugh. And so there was this impartation of joy. And how many of y'all know that joy is one of the aspects of heaven, right? Joy is one of the gifts of the whole, I mean, one of the parts of the, not gifts of the Holy Spirit, what is it? The fruits of the Holy Spirit. And it's also... The kingdom of God, uh, one of the attributes of the kingdom of heaven is joy, right? Love, joy, and peace. Joy, joy. So, so experience that. The next day, I was, uh, we'll get there real early. We got there an hour early, so we get as far as front as we could. So we were sitting in the front row. And, and so the second time he touched me, which was Friday morning, I fell on the ground. And I just felt power surging through me. I had up and down, I can't, it's hard to explain, but up and down my right arm, there was a light electricity. And it was just, it was like a power experience. It was just, there was power released. And I was just thankful of receiving that. And, and then that night, you know, he, we got to get his, his, he touched us again, right? And that night, I experienced like just peace. I didn't feel power. I didn't feel joy. But it was just a sense of peace. It was just a, a deep peace. And the Lord was teaching me something very important that, you know, sometimes when people lay hands on you, 
the Lord's trying to get different things in you. And so I experienced joy, and then I experienced power, and then I experienced what? A sense of peace. That happened Friday. Saturday after my son's game, I was asked to go pray for a man who had cancer. And so I went to the man's house, and it's, it's exciting to get to where you actually become known as the one that they want to go pray for someone that has like a terminal illness, right? And so I see that for each one of us here is that each one of you all will have the reputation that when the person in the neighborhood has an incurable disease and the doctors say, well, there's not a whole lot more we can do for you, that you're going to be the one they turn to and say, can you come pray for us, right? Amen. So, so I went to go pray for this man. And which was interesting, when I prayed for him, I felt, I felt the power of the Holy Spirit. I felt his tangible presence. And I wasn't the only one. The others said they could feel the, like the intensity or the gravity of, in the air. There's just a greater intensity. And so, so that occurred. But after that, the, the gentleman uh, told me about his wife, that his wife was feeling very fearful and very scared and was a great woman of faith but, but was really struggling. And so I went over there and grabbed her hands and went and I pray over her that the peace of heaven will descend upon her. And I, and I rebuked the fear, and I rebuked all doubt, and I rebuked all, all that was going on in terms of that and was just releasing over her, what? The peace of heaven. And then after that, I usually, after I pray, I pretty much go, but I just felt like talking with them. They're a really friendly couple, and so uh, we were talking some and spent a little time, and before long, we all were <laughs> laughing about things. And it was a, a release of joy in the atmosphere. And what I realized was what? Over the last two days, what was the Holy Spirit trying to put in me, right? He's putting, putting in the power and putting in the joy and putting in the peace. Then the next day, what did I get to go re release? The power, the joy, and the peace. See, the Lord puts the Holy Spirit in us. It's wonderful to enjoy, but it's for service. It's for service. And do you know, when he puts things in you, it increases by proportionate to how much you give it away. That's right. Wow. The more you give it away, the more you get. The more you get and the more it increases. It's a kingdom principle, right? Jesus said, give and it shall be given unto you with increase, pressed down, shaken together, flowing over. So whenever the Holy Spirit imparts a gift into you, what he says is, it's going to be time to steward it. Are you going to go bury it in the backyard and then you bring it to me later and I'm going to be mad at you? Or are you going to take what I give you and increase and take what I give you and increase? Y'all know the parable, right? That 10, 5, 1, increase. Okay. So, so when it's given to us, we're called to steward it and to release it. Look for opportunities to release it. Amen? Amen. There was a story that Rodney Howard Brown told that stuck with me. He said when he was a young boy, they had a, he lived in South Africa, he grew up in South Africa. He said they had a, a, a cowboy, Pentecostal, fiery minister come to South Africa from Wyoming. And he said that he came and told him a story, and the story has stuck with him ever since. 
And the basics of the story was this, that this, this cowboy Pentecostal minister was teaching on the power of the Holy Ghost and the Holy Ghost being released and so forth. And he said he had a series of days of meetings and they had like a, an Indian kind of chief guy who was a real high up in the Native American. And he said that man was just sitting there with his arms closed and just staring at this cowboy preacher the whole time. No affect, not showing anything, and just, and he was preaching and preaching and preaching, and things were happening, but he was just sitting there. He said, finally, the last day, he had invited people to come up to receive the Holy Spirit, to be endued with, uh, with uh, the power of the Holy Spirit. And the first guy that came up was this Native American. And he said he came up to him and was standing up. So he was a bit nervous and intimidated because he didn't even see the guy's affect change the whole time that he was ministering in the last bunch of days. So he said, he said, what is it that you want? What do you want me to pray for? And the uh, Native American said, me no want small Holy Ghost. Me want big Holy Ghost. Big Holy Ghost, right? Big Holy and uh, he said, he wants big Holy Ghost. Amen. He doesn't want small Holy Ghost. <laughs> and it ministered to me so much because we have a, a huge assignment in New Orleans and in this region. And do you know, we can't fulfill the assignment with small Holy Ghost. We can fulfill assignment with big Holy Ghost. How many of y'all want big Holy Ghost? Yes, big Holy Ghost. Ever since then, that was Rodney's passion, was going after big Holy Ghost. And that's what he releases. That's what he releases, amen? I want you to open up your Bibles to Acts chapter 1. You have your Bibles. If not, you can just listen. Acts chapter 1. I want big Holy Ghost. <laughs> Acts chapter 1, go to verse 6, I'm going to go up, so when, verse 6, so when they had come together, they were asking him, saying, Lord, they're talking to Jesus, Lord, is it this time you are restoring the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know times or epochs which the Father has fixed by his own authority. Verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Verse 8 again, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria even to the remotest part of the earth. Jesus says that when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive what? Power. Power to do what? Be my witness. You will receive power to what? To witness. The Holy Spirit comes so that we can what? Be his witnesses and serve. It's so important it's so simple, but it's not, it's, it's so difficult is that 
It's simple, is that the Holy Spirit comes. But the aspect of power is a big separator. The aspect of power is what causes a lot of... It, it takes people off the fence. When there's a manifestation of the power and you see it, you either believe or disbelieve, but you can't stand in the middle. Yeah. How will we know when we're functioning closer to what he's intended to us is when your life starts to stand out with displays of power, but there's also going to be an increase in persecution. There'll be a combination. I'm not prophesying that. I'm just saying that right. that goes with it, goes with the territory. Do you know, in Revelations, it doesn't talk about the anti-Jesus. It talks about the anti-Christ. Because what does the word Christ mean? It means the one that's filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Lots of people have are fine with Jesus' nice ethical teachings. But when the power shows up and starts being displayed, that's when it starts to cause problems. Signs and wonders following. That's when it starts. It's, they're not, they don't have a problem with the anti-Jesus. They have the problem with the anti-Christ. The one that's against the power. The evil one is not intimidated by Jesus' nice ethical teachings. The evil one is intimidated by the power of God, which he has no match to. Do you know if I'm just functioning in my own power that the evil one has more power than I have? Do you know that if I join hands with the power of the Holy Spirit then I start functioning in a realm that's greater than the evil one's power. So he's not worried about me functioning in my own power. He's not worried about that. He's not worried about you functioning in your own power. What he's scared of is you connecting to the Holy Spirit power. Do you know, in Jesus' life, the devil didn't tempt him or come after him till after he received the Holy Spirit baptism and was walking in power. Then it said he went out into the desert and was tempted by the, by the devil. But for the first 30 years, we have no record of the devil even messing with Jesus. But it was only after he was endued with what? With power that caused the intimidation. Power for what? Power for service. We all need more power. It's one thing when someone has an incurable disease and it is a very loving thing to stand with the family, to console them, to help them walk through the devastating effects of this, this horrible disease that eats somebody away. Yes, that's, that's, that's a very Christian thing to do. But do you know it's even more of a Christian thing to do is to go there determined that I am going to, through the power of the Holy Spirit, destroy this horrible disease 
that is tearing away this person, and that's what I'm there for. I'm, I'm there to be an instrument of healing and to do the impossible, not because I can do it, but because I'm carrying the power that can do the impossible. We need to up the game. We need to up what we believe we can do. We need to up the ability to walk in greater power so that we can serve him and be in a more authentic demonstration of who he is. The Christian life is about representing him. It's about representing what he did. Representing to the world what he did, doing that today so that the person can wake up to the glory and wonder of Almighty Father. And belief. And belief. Amen. Go to Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4. Years ago, the Lord gave me this scripture as the foundational scripture of this ministry. Acts chapter 4, verse 29. Verse 29, it says, this is in the middle of the prayer, a prayer that the church is praying, and it's saying, and now, Lord, take note of their threats and grant that your bondservant may speak your word with all boldness or confidence while you extend your hand to heal and signs and wonders take place through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Let me read that again. And now, Lord, take note of their threats and grant, bestow, give upon us your bondservant that I may speak your word with boldness. Give me power to what? Speak your word. That's number one. The second thing is, while you extend your hand to heal. The implication is, while you extend your hand to heal through me. That's the implication. That when I speak your word boldly, you will extend your hand through me and heal. And that signs and wonders will be done in the name of your holy child Jesus. It has three aspects, this particular part of the prayer. One part of the prayer, it's all about power. It's about receiving power to speak your word and receiving power to heal and receiving power to do signs and wonders. And it's a crying out to God. This is a prayer. It gives us all permission to pray the same thing. Lord, give me the power to speak your word boldly. Give me the power for you to extend your hand to heal through me and to heal those who are sick and tormented. And may me using your name, may signs and wonders be done. In the name of your holy child, Jesus. That was the cry of the church. This is the church praying. And look what happens after their prayer. And when they had prayed, the place where they had gathered together was shaken. The whole place started to shake. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness. 
began to speak the word of God with boldness. What I want you to see here is that there's going to be an impartation of the Holy Spirit tonight. In Scripture, there may be many ways, but two ways that we're covering tonight is sometimes it's just a sovereign prayer. Lord, we cry out and we hunger for more of you. And when we cry out, he hears that prayer and his presence falls on the group of people sovereignly. Right where you're sitting, right where I'm at. He falls on us and just fills us. There's also in scripture here, we're not going to cover it, but in in the sixth chapter of Acts, there was a laying hands. They would lay hands. The apostles, remember when the... The, um, the, Greek, uh, the Greek widows, the, the Jewish Greek widows, the Hellenists, were not getting a fair share of food. And so the apostles said, it's not fair for us to leave the ministry of the word and, and prayer in order to distribute the food. So they raised up deacons to do that job, and then they laid hands, and Stephen was one of them, and Philip was laid, laid hands. They laid hands, and they imparted the Spirit of God through what? Through the laying on of hands. So the other way in Scripture, in in Acts, that the Holy Spirit was transferred, sometimes it was transferred directly from the heavenly realm over a group of people, and it said the Spirit of God fell, just like in Acts 2, right? In Pentecost, they were just praying on one accord, and what happened? The Holy Spirit fell, a mighty rushing wind, and then tongues of fire fell, right? It was a sovereign falling. But there are also times when the apostles went and laid hands and there was a transference of the Holy Spirit by the laying on of what? On hands. So I want you to go to Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8. It's the story of Philip, who was a deacon. Philip became a deacon because the apostles laid hands on him and transferred the Holy Spirit to him through the laying on of hands. Go to verse 5. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and began proclaiming Christ to them. It's interesting that the writer uses the word Christ instead of Jesus to them. Not that he wasn't proclaiming Jesus, but he was proclaiming the Jesus who was filled with the Holy Spirit, the anointed one. So he's proclaiming the anointed one to them. The crowds with one accord, verse 6, were giving attention to what was said by Philip as they heard and saw the signs which he was performing. Verse 6 again. The crowds with one accord were giving attention to what was said by Philip as they heard and saw the signs which he was performing. They gave attention to Philip because of what they heard and what they what? Saw. They saw signs and wonders. True evangelism 
in apostolic times or in Acts was about speaking and acting. Acting not in a sense of Hollywood acting, but doing the actions of the ministry and manifesting signs and wonders. What converted the entire Samaria area was not just what Philip was saying, but Philip said, I'm coming to tell you about the one who is anointed with the Holy Spirit. And the same Holy Spirit that was on him was put on me when the apostles laid hands on me. And now that I have it, and I'm telling you about the anointed one, but I'm showing you who he is because when I lay hands on you, you become healed. That's evangelism. And so Philip went down to Samaria and they, what got their attention was not because he spoke eloquently. He may have spoke eloquently, but that's not what it says. It says they heard, but they saw the signs that he was doing. Verse 7, for in the case of many who had unclean spirits, they were coming out of them shouting with a loud voice. And many who had been paralyzed and lame were healed. So there was much rejoicing in their city. How did they know or what was Philip doing was that he was teaching, he was showing and telling. Unclean spirits were coming out. Wouldn't it be great that this family has an 18-year-old son who's on heroin and has been addicted to heroin, and Julie goes there and she, she rebukes that spirit of addiction and it breaks off of that person right there on the spot. They go through no withdrawals and it totally freed and that addiction is broken off of them. Hallelujah. Yes, it could happen. It has happened. It has happened. Yes. See, oftentimes, as a church, sometimes we're answering questions that people aren't asking. As a church, we need to answer the questions that they're asking. I'm not interested in how to grow closer to the Lord. I want my 18-year-old son off of heroin. Can you answer that question for me? You take care of that, and I'll listen to about how to grow closer to the Lord. My marriage is falling apart. I want the solution to bring restoration to my marriage. You, you speak the peace of heaven over me, and there's a heavenly in-crashing of that kingdom of God on that marriage. It transforms the house. I'm all ears to, he, to talk about this Jesus. We need to answer the questions that people are asking. I've been lame for 40 years, paralyzed, sitting on a mat, and someone walks by and they pray in the name of Jesus, stand up, and they give me their hand, and then electricity shoots through my legs, and I go from lame, I've never walked a day in my life, and now I'm running around the temple. You've answered an important question that I have, right? Amen? The signs and wonders are the thing that, that expose people to the wonderful Jesus. Yes. To he, he is king. 
and to the Holy Spirit and to the power of the Holy Spirit. And do you know that you're called to be a carrier of the power of the Holy Spirit? You all go places that I can't go. I probably could, but I just don't. You may drive a bus and you have the kids all day. You might, you might uh, be teaching at a school. You might, you might be working in the warehouse. You might, it doesn't matter. Right. You have access to places that, that uh, many of us don't have access. And that's your ground where God wants you to release the power of the Holy Spirit. Philip goes down and it says, there was much rejoicing in the city. Amen. Go to verse 12, the same chapter, chapter 8 of Acts, verse 12. But when they believed Philip preaching the good news about the kingdom of God, the name of Jesus Christ, they were being baptized, men and women alike, uh, skip verse, or even Simon himself believed, and after being baptized, he continued on with Philip, and he observed signs and great miracles taking place. He was constantly amazed. Go to verse 14. Now when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent them Peter and John, who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Peter and John's job was to come down to make sure they receive what? The Holy Spirit. Verse 16, For he had not yet fallen upon any of them. They have simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they began laying their hands on them, and they were receiving the Holy Spirit. It was the sovereign release of the Holy Spirit from heaven, and there was the release through what? The laying hands. Tonight, we're going to, uh, we're going to do what's called uh, a fire tunnel. Yeah. Fire tunnel is, is simply, we'll line up, some of us who will be ministering will line up, and you will come through the middle, and we're just going to lay hands on your shoulder or on your head, and we're going to release what we have received. The received, uh, some of us who have went to uh, Rodney Howard Brown have received a strong impartation. I'm going to have some of the people that are that are regularly here as part of the ministry also be part of the fire tunnel, and uh, we're going to invite you to to simply come through, and we're going to release the Holy Spirit, and you may. You may simply feel peaceful, you may feel power, you may feel fire, you may feel joy, you may feel none of the above, but I promise you there will be a release of the Holy Spirit power upon you. And it will be, we just need you to believe that the Lord does the same things today that he did 2,000 years ago. And that he wants you to have more power. He wants you to have more power to be of greater service to him. Amen. Amen.